up where the smokers are. Now, you can't hear in a club as well. You're like, what? What's going on? Yeah. You can you can mani- uh, talk to the girl, but you can also like kind of cozy up to them because you're normally like leaning on a fan. Oh, you go to a, or yeah. in a corner. You go to a lot of clubs, man. Their smoking area is like dingy and small, right? Yeah. You're all pressed up against each other. Yeah. So I really believe you need to at least um, even put one behind your ear. Oh no, that looks lame. Just Don't have it there. Just have it there. I right? mean, like, be there handing out cigarettes to people if you want. I know a bloke who, do you know what bum puffing is? Yes, I do know what right. bum puffing is. So he doesn't is. inhale. He doesn't really even smoke, right? Yeah. Every time he drinks, he goes out, he buys a packet of cigarettes, he just stands there. So Does he pick up heaps of chicks? He talks to them. Yeah, He right. picks them up, right? Because he's in the cool people's area. I really don't want to support this because it's bad for you. Yeah, but... However... In a social sense, I think it really works, especially the way that pubs and clubs work now, where you can't, you can't smoke inside anymore. Smoking outside is in the cool people's area. It's...
This is Brutal Justice pressing buttons. And, uh, and, and is, Brock. Yeah, this is Brock Winstead not, not pressing pre- any buttons. Oh, you're pressing my buttons, man. Not Pushing yet. my buttons? That's for the, that's oh, for the after okay. dark part portion of the show. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Brock. What's up? Hey, uh, it's interesting to be back here. Yes. I have, me- I have many feelings about being back here. Feelings? Feelings. Nothing but feelings. That's right. I'm completely... I'm 98% feelings, 2% exactly. water. Uh, my erstwhile community radio home, I see yes. the microphone stands, or arms, are just as persnickety as they ever were. Persnickiful. Yeah, but it, it's lovely Full to be here. Full of persnick. It is lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, um, hey, you know what I recommend? Mm. Starting a show just as there's a major failure on S3. Oh, wait, I have a phone call here. Hold on, so this could be a school. This could be a fun day. Hold on a oh, second. Boy. Can you talk, Brock? Uh, I mean, I, I can. The question, of course, is whether anyone cares to listen to what I have to say. Hey, everybody. It, as Burrito was just about to say, it's a wild day if you your livelihood, or even whatever, your hobbies, depends on the internet. Amazon Web Services, their S3 stuff, is down, which... Is breaking all kinds of things that people, I'm not even sure, realized would break. I think like the 511 road signs might be down. Um, their website was too. And then he just got a phone call that might have something to do with his kids. So, you know, live radio, these things happen. But he asked me to come on today to kind of talk about whatever. Uh, as clearly I'm barely capable of doing. Um, when we get When he gets back... I think we're going to get into some some dadcore radio, which I know some of you are big fans of. We've got some music picked out for you that is appropriately dad-like, I think. Uh, we'll talk about why that is later. And for now, though, while he's still figuring life out and uh, the internet is still being uh, uncooperative, if you have anything you want to hear us talk about, find us on Twitter. I'm Brock Winstead. He is... As you already know, burrito justice. All one word? Right. Uh, and I think that's a good way to plug in. But in the interim, I think what I might do, instead of subjecting you to more of my aimless vamping, is plug in here and play a song to give our host a break. So bear with me for 10 seconds while I grab a cable. Hey, no so problem. I'm back. He's back. Hey. 
So that was exciting. So that was not school calling, as I feared. That was Volvo car repair calling. So <sighs> there's some money that I won't okay. see again. Uh, well, right. Um, brakes. Brakes are important, but expensive. So thanks for covering there. What did you speak of? Literally nothing. Good. I mean, I, I, I just made mouth sounds uh-huh. for two minutes, tried to play a song, computer didn't cooperate. I heard some music. Just just there at the end when you came in, it started playing. Of course, that's how that works. Um, it was suggested that I put push pins on your chair so we could hear what that sounds like. But uh, I'm, I'm, the moment has passed. I, I missed my golden opportunity to stick okay. tiny pins in your butt. Unless, again, that's part of the after dark. No, no, show. no, we're not there yet. Things are dark, but they're not that dark. Huh, okay. Um, anyway, so I'm just saying S3 is down. Yes. So if you know what S3 is, it's uh, part of Amazon's web services, the storage portion, which and it turns out that if your website needs to get things out of S3 and it's down, then things don't work. So if you see a bunch of websites not working, I'm assuming people are listening to us. You got some tweets, so I guess we're not dependent on S3. Though, ooh, I bet you the archive is. So we may not have an archive for the show. So anyway, listen to it well. Right. Uh, Could be the only time you hear it. Just hold a little. Maybe tape this is recorder. a feature. Hold a little tape recorder up to your speakers and, and record it that way. That will be your archive. Yep. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, I'm writing in. I'm getting a bunch of warnings, and I have to do some work stuff. That's why I'm a little distracted right now. Right. Yeah. But I got that. We got things playing. It actually didn't seem any worse than it normally does. <laughs> start. So, <laughs> you know, hey, maybe there's low pressure. I just screw things up where high pressure things actually kind of work. Where there was a solid C plus beginning yeah, to the show yeah. right there. But I got the S3 joke in there, which is always good. Um, so I did tease. We, I promised people that we would we would be talking, but we would be veering into into dadcore territory yep. at some point, uh, and including including the musical selections. So uh, we have that to live up to now. I, I promised it, and uh, you know I'm, yep. a, I'm a promise keeper. Yep. I'm oh, sorry. I just need to make sure I'm not getting fired here. Hold on a second. Oh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we may be hearing a personnel action live on the radio. <laughs> Normally, these things are kept quiet, private, but uh, yeah, no, not here on BFF.FM. Hold on. I'm holding. So is everyone else. I mean. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not. I'm not worried about me. Hold on. Okay. Oh. Yeah, so the thing you might, it might be important to know here is that Burrito Justice's work involves the internet yes uh unlike many of you all oh wait everyone so everyone yeah very much the internet and so when a good chunk of that internet stops working right his phone doesn't sort of is vibrating it's just a constant vibrating yeah so it starts to overheat um hey so uh hey dad's pocket hey dad oh you're a dad i I am you're officially a dad so So tell us about your you and your dadding Right. I Are you? A, you're now my dad core list. Oh yeah, and that you know, it's been a lifelong aspiration. Glad to have finally been added to that Twitter list. Yeah. So I have a three month old. Uh, my wife and I have a three month old, and I always say when I start talking about the kid, the, one of the first things I say to anybody I'm talking to is, "She has the harder job, hmm. and she has had the harder job from the very beginning." So, yeah. whatever I say for the next one hour and forty eight minutes. Yep. Uh, she has the hard job, but yeah, we uh, we had a baby. Yeah. Um, Congratulations! Yeah, thanks. Uh, born on November twenty fourth. That was Thanksgiving Day at eleven forty four in the morning. Uh, she's doing all the things that three month olds do, which is 
um, not sleeping through the night mm-hmm. uh, and and eating all the time. But those are those are fine. Those are all good things. Yep. Uh, and she's smiling and laughing and and making baby sounds and it's very playful and that's a lot of fun. Awesome. So we're still kind of you know adjusting to life with a third person in our house and Big difference. we will continue to make that adjustment i'm sure for yes. the next 18 years <laughs> but uh so far it's been mostly good it is also it's it's also hard right it's oh, hard to have a baby emotionally and physically and financially exhausting right uh it is i i sometimes say it's easy to keep a baby alive it's hard to keep them alive the right way well There's you never a, quite know what to do and what not to do. But. Yeah, they're surprisingly resilient little creatures. Shockingly but, so. Yeah, but you don't want to just like leave them locked in a you know cabinet yeah. for eight eight to yeah. ten hours at a time, but two hours max. She laughing at? Oh yeah, that's she, awesome. Yeah, she was an early smiler, early social smiler, and yeah. she laughs a lot, which helps. Yeah, just up. as you're about to lose it is when they start smiling and laughing. Yeah, I mean we I do a lot of uh, kind of what I call the mood elevation services, <laughs> where I when she, when she is about to like slide into. A meltdown. Uh-huh. I, I, I get in there and try to keep things uh, keep things laughing and smiling. Yep. As long as it takes us to kind of get to the to the appropriate station. Like we we went out for a walk last night, and she started to lose it right as we were like a block from home. So I had to make funny faces and noises, and, <laughs> and you know did the trick. The other thing though is just to frankly not give a fuck when your kid's crying. What other people think of that? That's a big thing. You know what? Just don't care. And that's I'm I'm working on that. Uh, yeah, I mean I mean you care you don't not care, but also when your kids it's like you know what if sorry other human if you you were like this once so hey yeah you know I'm gonna do my best to ameliorate the situation, but I'm also not gonna love a hermit life. Right. I mean we don't we we have gone out to places and and she like restaurants and whatever and and sure she starts to have little you meltdowns or whatever. Yeah, like, you know, just, but, you know, people who give you evil eyes, your kid's crying and you're taking them outside. He's like, fuck you guys. Well, seriously. I, I, I mean, we haven't gotten the evil yeah. eye yet, but honestly, we haven't. We, She's three months old. Right. We, we've barely done anything. I'm sure the evil, we've got some, some plane trips coming up in the next couple of months. I anticipate some evil eyes. Well, you know, but us also, it's like, yeah, yeah. But also, it's like, well, at what point? You know, at least not yet. You know, I'm sure Trump will pass some laws against children traveling or something spirited like that. Yeah. You know, but. um, Well, it's but it's still it remains profoundly weird that I am something's father. Oh, God. It's still weird. Yeah. So not. not, okay, it's not weird for me that you're. Yeah, no, I I got you. But it's weird for me that I'm someone's someone's is. More I, than someone's father. I can't several believe, fathers. Yeah. Several kids. <laughs> fathers father of several children. <laughs> I yeah, I can't Legally believe Legally and morally responsible for other right. people's lives. You're like, oh wait, what the hell? When did yeah, that I happen? St- I still can't kind of believe that they just let anybody like sign up for this yeah. program. Yeah. Yeah. But you figure it out. Open enrollment. But I have great faith in your abilities. Well your dad abilities. <laughs> thank you. Probably more faith than I have. Oh, that's kinda of how it works. Yeah. You know, and frankly. Um, but my my wife is a is a great mom. Um, yeah. And uh, the thing that shocked me when I first had when we had Takita was that um, it didn't say Takita on her birth certificate, which is strange. Mm. That was strange. But just how much time is involved in feeding? Oh, Never sure. mind the changing and all that kind of stuff, right? The sleeping. But just how much? This is for those of you who don't get kids. Cover your ears. 
No, but basically, like, breastfeeding takes a lot of time. Mm. Pumping takes a lot of time. And it's just, like, a lot of time. And then it's, like, I saw one of the – did you take those pre-classes, the pre-birth classes? We did take a yeah. uh, some classes like that, a bre- one breastfeeding class. Yeah. But it's, it, I remember just having to take this one, like, you're about to have kids class through insurance, whatever. Yeah. CPMC. And it's just, it's just a bunch of information that you're just not capable of processing, right? No. But – it's the kind of things like, oh, I vaguely remember them saying kind of useful things about swaddling and changing diapers and sleeping. And they had a chart about basically how much time the mother spent, like 90% of the time that mom's awake, there's some sort of feeding component involved, basically. <laughs> it's yeah. basically like 18 hours a day or something. It's insane. It's 16, 14 hours a day. It's a pie chart. And a large portion of the pie involved, outside of sleeping, involved feeding. So yeah. it's kind of like, okay, yeah. Well, Heather is, my wife Heather is... Uh, going to go back to work in a few oh, weeks man. here. That's, yep. Yeah, because this is America. America. Um, I'm sure that will get cut down. Yeah, right. Uh, but for now, she's still doing most, not all, most of the feedings herself. But we are, the, the kid will take a bottle and that's great. That's hey. helpful. And so we're going to be transitioning to me doing even more bottle feeding right. Right. Um, over the course of just regular days. And then when she goes back to work, right. ah, we'll figure that out. You're going to miss her mom then? I am. I'm gonna. I'm we gonna need to rewatch Mommet. Two twenty, two twenty-one, whatever it takes. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna Mister Mommet for nice. a while, and nice. then we'll figure out. I don't know. Somewhere now. What are you gonna do when you grow up? No, I already know that what I'm gonna do when I grow up is uh, be bad at every job I ever have. Excellent. And just sort of. Uh, well, at least you're setting a standard. Yeah. You know, so you're setting least, expectations. Like, hey, I'm going to be bad at this. Coming in is want to let you know. And I, if you do any better than that, you're like a freaking genius. I'm just like, telling you what the pattern has so been well. so far. Yeah. Um, I might get a B minus, hey. uh, but no, I'm going to Mr. Mom for a while. And, uh, and at some point we'll figure out daycare, nanny share, mm-hmm. all that boring and expensive stuff that we haven't right. figured out yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where we, where we hand the child over to someone else and say, here, yeah, here. you deal with this yeah. for a while. Yep. Yep. And we don't have family close by, yeah. so it's, no, it's, it's tough. just us. Well, yeah, I so have, that's, I have great faith in your abilities and I'm happy you. to see it. And I think, um, you were a good person before, and I think you'll be a better person now. You're a better oh, no. person already. I'm and going after. to the dark side no, now. No. This is I'm going to teach teach my daughter. Uh, oh well, that kinds of that's the fun tricks. part. That's the fun part, Brock. <laughs> uh, that's the plan. Yeah, is to is to turn her into a kind of mischief machine. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, did I? So you know the part about like really avoiding um, avoiding nursery uh, rhymes. What are they called? Songs. Like, sure, nursery rhymes. Yeah, yeah. and. And songs, and, and the kids' songs. Kids' songs, yeah. Um, other than they might be giants, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, you can avoid that. And basically, um, my my kids think Arcade Fire is is like, you know, Itsy Bitsy Spider. No Cars Go. So that's pretty much. Well, No Cars Go is a very extensible song. It works. You can It's infinitely extensible. Um, and stuff like that. So they think that music's perfectly normal. Well, some of the music I've chosen today for the show, <gasps> which we might play later, uh, is... I, I came to it by thinking, all right, at some point I'm going to want to sit down and I will have prepared a 50 to 60 minute lecture on, you know, the, the Beach Boys. And I will sit the child down and say, we're going to talk about yeah. the Beach Boys. and You're Training them with the classics. And yeah, of course. So I have a few songs that are that are in that nice. uh, vein of uh-huh. of. Uh, good, good, education good. and i figure you know eventually we'll get into jazz and and mm-hmm. you know we'll start the not, standards yeah right not too we won't start too early like probably four or five we'll get to sun Ra, 
And uh, right, right, right. maybe when she's seven or so, it'll be ready. She'll be ready for. Uh, oh, we had we had Takeda, uh nuclear war. She uh, she went to her first show uh, when she was three, and then it was Arcade Fire at um, Golden Gate Park. At um, I guess it was outside lands. Mm-hmm. Sure, must have been. You took a and, child to a music festival. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's sitting there on my shoulders, and I think she just turned three, two. No, maybe she just turned two, and she's sitting there. And screaming at the top of her lungs to Arcade Fire, play No Cars Go, No Cars Go, No Cars Go. And everyone's looking around, and they're like, oh, wow. Okay, and then kind of started cheering along with her, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. Could have been so, worse. Could have been Freebird. Exactly, exactly. Um, anyway, so I'm glad you're on that track. So now, though, um, we're going to sing for you a cappella, The Wheels and the Bus. Oh, I... I- we have an accompaniment, actually. Um, <laughs> I could play that right here. No, that we and again, have another infinitely extensible right song. A surprising number of verses, right, and right. really works for a lot of ages. Or we could just do a spoken word version of it. The wheels on the bus go round and round, snap, snap, round snap, and snap, round, snap. round and round. The wheels on the bus go round and round all through the town. We're already singing that with my three-month-old. Not that she really hasn't. I mean, she, yeah. when they're that age, they're like self-erasing etch-a-sketches for a lot of stuff. <laughs> so. She doesn't really know what's happening other than uh, she's being played with and yeah, right. we're doing little motions and, you know, she loves it. The driver on the bus says, information gladly given, but please avoid unnecessary conversation. Someone does need to do a more Muni specific. All through the town. Uh, more Muni or AC Transit specific yeah. Yeah, rendition yeah, yeah, of yeah. that song. The people on the bus go, step down. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, right, that's what I've been up to since okay. I've been off wow. the radio. Nice, uh, nice. Trying to keep a kid alive. Man. There you go. You're doing well. You're doing well. But hey, you know, so you make it, you make it. And I think um, the walking around with the kid is fun. Yeah, it is fun. And I, we're already, I'm already planning out various adventures that will yeah. go on. Uh, I just think just sort of walks with the kid. That's always, that's always been sort of, you know, enjoyable and continues to be yeah. an enjoyable thing. Um. And then they hop on bikes, and then they're, like, way far ahead of you. And you're like, okay, what do I do here? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to get a very long leash. Yeah, very exactly. long. Like a 50-yard like <laughs> elastic leash. Or just, like, a giant, giant Wayne coin inflatable bubble yeah. that you and all of them can go in. Right. So um, <laughs> that MC listening. Mm. Um, oh, wait. Hold on a second. What did Brock say? Uh, no, he said that you said something. Uh, yes, the people on the bus go. Yeah, and then I'm uh, that MC says he's seven years into the Mr. Mom stint. Yeah, getting ready one day to earn, earning tens of dollars again. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, you know, at some point we'll perhaps go back to uh, more regular. I, I work from home, and and we'll do some of that kind of around the child. But yeah, uh, at at some point we'll go back to a more regular contracting right. schedule where yes, tens of dollars uh, right. exactly. I'll be bringing in. To pay You're for, basically going to be paying that yes. for childcare. I will be. Paying to put the child somewhere for the number of hours I need to work to pay to put the <laughs> child somewhere while I work yep. to pay to whatever. Yep, yep, yep. There you go. There's America. Um, so, hey, uh, from a rare break in protocol, we did not discuss burrito news first. So I think we should go into that because I'm extraordinarily hungry. Um, and, <laughs> and the little known secret, don't tell anyone, but the reason for the first musical break is for us to finish our burritos because usually we have some burritos before the show start 
and then we have the rest of the burrito after the first musical break starts. So we haven't had any burrito because I had to do some work, but what we're going to do now is play some music, and then we're going to eat burritos. Don't tell anyone. Well, okay, while, anyway. While so, we're confessing things, <clears throat> yes. I already ate my burrito. What? I can eat a what full meal. What the what? I can eat a you full ate, meal. But when did you possibly? In huh? two and a half minutes. I have a well, baby. You did, well, what kind of burrito did you get? I had a veggie burrito right. from the place that shall not be named, right? Uh, which includes all of the How did extra you possibly fats. eat that so... I did it so that no one Dude, could see. Dude, this is a communal event, though. We're supposed to eat the burritos together, Brock. I think Brock. in terms of... Brock. I need do you to get eat some calories. chips? I'm going to eat some chips with you. I'm feeling faint now. I was waiting. I was sacrificing myself for you. Inside of my body so that I can I, I do get other the, I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm going to try not to be hurt here. Do you have any sad songs can we can play? You. Again, after dark portion of the show. Do you really want to hurt me? I mean, if that's what you're into. Yeah, I've got some songs, of course. I've got play songs some songs. I'm freaking hungry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm on, what am I on? Oh, Ox 2 over here? 2. Sure. It's a new board. Who, I like the, don't get me wrong, Amanda. I like the new board, but things are different. Yeah, I came in. I'm old and I don't like things that are different. I, I, I really don't like things. No, it's that actually a pretty good board. It's actually fairly self explanatory. I had to figure out what was so, going on. Yeah. So, you know, in, in honor of, again, I've been thinking about music that i'm going to mm-hmm. expose the child to yes people that she needs to learn about of course uh one of those people is tom waits oh very good yep and it just so happens that uh we were just playing some music from spotify kind of weekly discovery list whatever when she was maybe a month and a half old and mm-hmm. the, the first time we ever th- noticed her really paying attention to music in any way sort of uh-huh. noticing that there was this stimulus right again Self-erasing at a sketch, not that any of it sticks, right. but was a song with Tom Waits singing, huh. which I'll play in a minute. Um, but of course, first we have to, you know, in, in honor of fatherhood, there is yes. a song that we, we have to play. Yes. No, we would not do that. No, Dude. no, no, we're not going to do that. We wouldn't do that to you. I was like running across the studio like, no, grabbing no, the cord. No, we're, we're not going to play Cats Thank in the Croc. Uh, everyone has so said that's it how I know, million times. That's how I know you still have it together, that you can make that decision. Yeah, so. I, I have enough. I've slept you enough. You make that judgment make that call? Decision. Okay. Excellent. Uh, what are we going to play, Brock? We're going to play uh, Tom Waits with the Preservation Hall Jazz Band. Nice. Singing Tootie Ma. All right, we'll be back. <laughs> Oh, okay. 
Squeals on the Bus by Rafi, the master himself. Exactly. Before that was uh, Wolfpack, uh, with a song called Beastly. That, I feel like, is is kind of great. I, I started calling that music dad funk. <laughs> it will allow me to expand about the, the uh, bass guitar playing of Joe Dart. Nice. Um, until, until my daughter falls asleep from sheer boredom. Right. And, of course, before that, Tom Waits with the Preservation Hall Jazz Band with Tootie Ma. Very nice. So we got through half a burrito, or I got through half a burrito. Because again, I was eating with one hand and and uh, slacking and twitting with the other. I, yeah, so. I like how you described that. Tried to guilt me about eating my burrito because okay. that was supposed to be a, um, uh, as you described, it, communal experience. And well, it was until you ate your burrito. Well, first. you just looked at your phone the whole time. <laughs> oh yeah, because I was giving you the cold shoulder there, mm, man. I see. Mm. <laughs> see how this works? I like warm shoulders. Come on. Yes. <laughs> cold shoulder to cry upon. Cold, so, cold tears turning ice, <laughs> ice baby. 
Um, so, uh, you were kind enough to, uh, hey, we made a burrito flag, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's right. You made a flag of? Well, I mean, yeah. you, you made it out of burrito and chips. Oh, salsa, there's but... a giant fan. It's like, looks like Mexican chess to me. King burrito to pawn chip. <laughs> oh, I see. You, you've already put it out on the tour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, so things are happening. So we live in a different country now. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I love all the, uh, hey, let's, let's, uh, let's not have, let's basically cause the State Department to evaporate. Let's defund the EPA and have uh, Department of Justice basically uh, not actually um, prosecute any uh, civil rights crimes. A little less concerned with justice. Um, I, yeah, this is not the country that I thought my daughter would be born into and not the one i thought i'd be not the one i thought she'd be spending her formative years in yeah um her due date was the 15th of november she's she's a bit late like i said earlier uh uh, born on the 24th but her due date was a week after election day right and so watching the election returns on on the night of election day uh you know i couldn't obviously i was thinking about her right um and what 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 I was seeing meant for her future. Right. Um, you know, with any luck, she won't actually remember Donald Trump being president. Right. Like, right. I don't, I barely remember Ronald Reagan. Yeah. I sadly clearly do. Well, but, sure, but, but point B, yeah, no, and that's, and that's the thing, how formative that is. But it's also interesting, like, how Brutusor and Papusa Libre, who just turned four, Ooh, wait, something might be back up. Ooh, good. Um, how they, they just turned four, and they are very aware. I mean, largely because they're around us, but they also hear it at school mm. and, you know, from from Takeda. And, you know, they're they're like, they'll sit there and ask me, it's like, why is Donald Trump such a bad man? <laughs> I'm like, damn. Yeah, it starts early. Why uh, is he president? And I was like, that's a very good question. I don't have an answer for you, my my, my offspring. I grew um, up in a fairly apolitical environment. Politics wasn't really talked about much at all. So that might have something to do with why I don't have any strong memories about, certainly about right. the Reagan years, uh, really into into the George H.W. Bush administration. <laughs> well, then, when, when, <laughs> I have some, I mean, I remember yeah. him being president, but right. I don't really have any, any policy. Yeah, decisions. I remember him horking in Japan. Yeah. But, I remember Reagan and their traffic controllers just mm, yes, yeah. being a dick. And but, so it's like, hey, now we're... It's kind of like if Nixon and Reagan had a child. Well, then again, I, I mean, I've said this before, but like, wow, Nixon seems reasonable in mm. comparison in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, like I said, with any luck, she won't actually remember uh, Donald Trump being a mean man and being president, uh, though that probably requires him not having a second term. Right. Um, and we'll see about that. Or yeah, impeaching but, on the way in. But so. she also is going to grow up in a somewhat more, oh, a definitely a more political environment than i think i grew up in right. um which is not i don't know that's not good or bad it's just different just is yeah so like your kids uh may start plugging in to to that part of the world a bit earlier right. but it, it just isn't i, I didn't think that th- there are things that i'm gonna have to talk about um that are kind of public i think I, i'm right. guessing that there are going to be some things that i have to talk about because people are being terrible in public right in a yeah, way that yeah, i yeah. wasn't expecting i mean at some point you know you have to teach kids about the world they don't you don't owe them um you know protection from ugly ideas uh but i, I think that 
the way if, if our sort of polity continues the way mm-hmm. it's going now that th- that's going to be driving these conversations you know why is donald trump such a bad man is going to be there, there are going to be a hundred questions with that flavor right or why is he not going and you know and and addressing you know incident in kansas yeah, and right that you know the jcc is getting bomb threats and you know like what 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 erosion of of civil society which it, it's eroding right yeah. now i mean it's eroding and and there's no one pushing back you know, with the exception of some state governors, right? Yeah. And and at what point, you know, the real question at this point is, like, how bad do things have to get before Republicans actually do something about it? And it looks like they're more racist there than we thought. And, you know. Uh, yeah. And so, and again, it's less a direct policy than the erosion of civil society and what. Yeah. And, and granted, we're in you know, a bubble in a bubble in California to a large degree and are somewhat insulated from that? Somewhat. I mean, also, you know, like we're white white people in California. We'll be fine. But uh, that doesn't mean that these things are okay. Uh, Right. And and also, representation matters. I I did think that I, I thought up until about seven o'clock on the night of, of election mm-hmm. on election night that my daughter, my daughter's first president was going to be a woman. Right. Uh, which is something, I mean, not, not just sort of looking at those two candidates, you know, right. given the choice, I would have preferred Hillary Clinton to be president, but not just sort of between those two candidates. I, I think that's a good thing right? for, uh, for, girls in america to grow up i think that would have yeah. been a good thing for girls yeah. in, to grow up thinking all right there there's a woman who has this job and we are as a country we are way behind other uh whatever you want to call them developed right. industrialized nations right. in having a oh but america is special that way though didn't, didn't you realize we sure are special in all kinds <laughs> of ways we are exceptional at yes. being inhumane american, to one another american exceptionalism exceptionally cruel um, so yeah, no, I mean, it, different it, country. Yeah, and it's like this weird sort of you know borderline racist. Well, frankly, not borderline racist behavior, as well as this sort of you know Paul Ryan kind of evaporating any sort of social safety net, you know, and sort of this mean spirited, you know, and Iranian libertarianism yeah. where take care of yourself and basically no, you know, everything's a handout. So let's get rid of everything. Yeah. Um, no, and, and the amazing part right now is just watching them just not staff positions and literally evaporating. So large portions of the federal government, right? Let, letting letting agencies kind of atrophy by, and then and then accusing you know the paid protesters and stuff like that. That's the classic part because you know people are pissed, I have and they're going to continue to be pissed. I've got to get in. I know on that paid protester racket. I mean, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, what was it? Was it a year? What does that come to? It says three, six, six times. That's fifty grand a year. That's a pretty good gig. Sure. I, I mean, mean I'll protest. It's the kind of thing you can do. I protest for less than that. You know, nights, oh, wait, nights I, and weekends, or really, you can set your own schedule. Like the National Guard that way. I can take the I can take the kid. Uh-huh. Uh, she she doesn't care. Just put her in the put her in the carrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, give, make a little pithy sign. Doesn't even have to be that pithy. Yeah. Dump Trump there. You're good. Here's your here's your check. I, I, this is so easy. So easy. And I really am. What are you putting the money towards? Is there a Craigslist ad that I yeah. should be responding to? Yeah. I think she just got auto-deposited into your account. You haven't gotten that yet? 
I have not. No, no, sir. We're in San Francisco. Gets it, Brock. They seem to move. I think this is your problem here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Oakland. So, there's never there are never any protests in Oakland, yeah. as you know. Very. Uh, very yeah, it, protestless. I. What am I putting money toward? Uh, well, well, if I if I could get this paid protester gig. Uh, I mean, I would just operate on the assumption you're going to get the money and sort of spend it accordingly. Oh, so, booze. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All, all, right. all booze. Okay. Good. Because Good as Heather and I, my wife and I say to each other sometimes, uh, we're we're convinced that college won't exist by the time it's <laughs> our daughter is old enough to go to college. So it's one way to budget for your yeah, future. There won't be a college. Right. Don't worry. So, yeah, paid protesters and pe- yeah, people are pissed, uh, and they should be. And I hope they stay that way. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, there's always been this. I mean, this is <clears throat> America is rediscovering what it it means to have a populist regime, mm. you know, which generally, you know, this happens about every hundred years in most countries. And there's this sort of wave of populism. And then basically they tend to be usually corrupt <laughs> yeah. and sort of, you know, and, you know, we're going to get some new... Um, you know, corruption scandals that we're going to get to name, you know, and where things like, you know, the, you know, you look things like, you know, teapot dome scandal, which, mm. you know, once it's a big deal, echo historically. So we'll have new references to make. It'll be great. So at least we'll have some new, some, some new uh, things to replace, you know, Watergate and Benghazi. Yeah. It's uh, some new things for, for kids to learn in history class right. in the next yeah. 30, 50, hundred years. Uh, Living in history. So that they'll know the the words, like we know the words teapot dome, but most of us don't really know right, what right. that was about. Just, oh yeah, teapot dome. It's a dome shaped like a teapot. Yeah. Had a, Once here's was my a handle. Here is my spout. Um, <laughs> I uh, this is this is sort of a an idle question for people listening, but also maybe a kind of request. This is a rhetorical. Do you, do you know the Do you know the musical Wicked at all? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So there's a song in Wicked, mm-hmm. popular, sung by yes. Galinda. The right. And I, I'm wondering... Is that if anybody, Amy Adams? Or is that the movie? Or am I getting that mixed up with some I, th- other? I think you're getting it mixed up. Okay. Yeah. So famously, that role, I think, was was originated by uh, Christian Chenoweth. But anyway, um, I, I wonder if anybody has rewritten a kind of a Trumpian version of that song mm. instead of popular populist. Well, yeah. Uh, um but uh, if if no one has, then consider it a kind of commission for, for you. I, I can pay you nothing. I will pay you zero dollars. Other than emotional support. Yes. But I will laud you. I will, Maybe I'll make you a wreath of actual laurel. Nice. And uh, we'll say, you know, job well done if someone wants to rewrite the lyrics to mm-hmm. popular from Wicked. Okay. Populist. All right. Cool. Um, did you see uh, your wife just tweeted at you? I did. You want me me to read that dramatically? uh, Sure. I would do the breaking news sound, but it's going to take too long. It's probably down. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking news is is broken. H. Woot tweets, listening to Brock Winstead on Burrito Justice Radio while the baby circumnavigates her crib in an attempt to roll over. Our little Magellan. Nice. Yeah, she's working on that whole rolling over thing. Um, (laughs) she She can do the... Stomach to back move, uh-huh. uh, but that's she has not yet mastered the other way. Of course. Right, right, right. Just wait, because you're sitting there and it's like, oh wait, my child isn't where I left it. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of prefer this this non <laughs> this immobile stage right, right, for right, certain right. reasons for positioning and posing. Though another, uh, that's you know one of the things people say to you or people say about kids. Oh, they grow up so fast. Yep. 
And uh, I think my wife was sick of hearing that before our kid was even Yeah, born. I mean, that's a, yeah. But, it's true, but it's like, okay, you know. On some level, it's like they can't, she can't grow up fast enough. Like, right. can we maybe get to the stage where she sleeps through the night? And, you know, I'm, I'm really not just for my own comfort. We're looking forward to mm-hmm. things like when she can talk. Right. And when she can interact more and understand more about the world. And right. when we get to teach her all, all kinds of stuff. I'm looking forward to that. Um, right now, you know, we can keep the keep the etch a sketch happy, right? And then, <laughs> then put her to sleep. That's what you do, and it's fine. Yeah, but there are adventures to come that I'm looking forward yeah. to. No, there are many, many, many. Um, or you could end up like that uh, hermit in Maine. Oh, oh, do I love this story! So I'm going to retweet that. Yeah, from you, you last night have so tweeted it out like what twelve times about. already, but tw- twelve times is not enough. No. Um, so you want to give, while I look for the tweet, you want to give the, the rundown? Yeah, so I think you're going to be tweeting out a story from the New Zealand Herald. Right, um, which is an excerpt from a book, apparently. Yeah, or a yeah, com- compressed version of the story that this, this journalist wrote in book form. He actually originally published an, uh, a version of this story, or wrote it for GQ a couple years ago. But So there's this guy, Christopher Knight is his name, who... Did that show up on my feed? Hold on a second. Lived... Yeah. On his own, out in the middle of the woods in Maine, right, for twenty-seven years, from eighty-six to twenty-thirteen, mm-hmm. developed a whole kind of routine of life that was based on the seasons. Uh, would would steal food and supplies from people's cabins up there, especially kind of at the end of the the, season. Of the summer, end of the summer season. Yeah, uh, he'd, he'd break in and steal stuff that was left behind, uh, and managed to live this way until he was finally caught for stealing things um but this the article and, and presumably the the larger book um go into kind of his thinking about why he did this which is pretty fascinating i mean it, yeah. it kind of comes down to and i'm of course i'm giving the article and no doubt the book short shrift here but it kind of comes down to I don't really feel like I belong in the world, right? Socially, whatever. So I'm going to go live in the woods. Full stop. Mm-hmm. And on one level, it's it's um, it's amazing and fundamentally attractive to some part of me, right? That he was able to do that. I, there's a I don't remember passages from books very well, but there's some bit in, um. Tom Sawyer that's like there there comes a time in every there comes a time in every rightly constructed boy's life when he feels the need to go off and go somewhere and, and dig for buried treasure right that sort of exploratory impulse that's in so many of us that's what it feels like to me not so much exploring I guess this guy did but going out and living on his own now I know that I would not be capable of that right I could not make this work I mean he really I think well, the, just the sheer his way through logistics well, yeah. of staying warm in winter, right? In the in Maine, in Maine. But it's an amazing story. And then here he is, kind of plugging back into society, getting caught for stealing things, going through the the, uh, the court case, getting convicted uh, of stealing things, spending some time in in prison, but then and well in jail. But then getting it was, it was sort of this program for older vets and sort of a practical 
I hate to say the term reform program, knowing that you throw someone like that in jail, they're going to probably die. Yeah. So they didn't just send him, they didn't sentence him to whatever, seven years in, in prison or something like that. Uh, straight. They, they shunted him over to this, this other program that allowed him to kind of, I yeah. guess, gradually with support, get reintroduced to society. Right. But his, his reactions yeah. to things, things that had changed. Right. Uh, like cell phones and like, stuff like that. May I read a few quotes, yes. sir? This, 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 this guy's fascinating. And what about a text message? Isn't that just using a telephone as a telegraph? We're going backwards. Right. And <laughs> You're like, but I mean, this is very, it's, it's funny because this is very, I immediately thought of Marshall McLuhan with this because mm. his, you know, thing with hot and cold media involvement, but basically when a new technology comes and it co-ops and reforms mm. and devolves revolves the previous generation technology exactly what's happening right and you know but also a lot of times i can't couldn't find the quote but a lot of times when a new technology comes in the technology before the, or actually i believe if i'm not mistaken but it's sort of the technology before that becomes more prevalent right so it was kind of like you know and so you're basically skipping a generation and that yeah. that new technology pulling not the previous generation, but the generation of technology before that into into the realm, which I, mean, I thought was interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy was, well, I think there, there are some people who doubt that he actually lived 27 full years on his own who think he probably, you know, broke into cabins here and there and slept inside so he would have some shelter. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Right. But he, he lived really essentially apart from society. Right. The right. story is that his only human interaction in that 27 years until he was arrested mm-hmm. was a casual greeting to a hiker that he passed on a trail somewhere. Oh, really? Wow. And so he lived... And he didn't look like, when he was out, he didn't look like some, some, you know... A wild man of the woods. Yes. Yeah. He, he kept he, like, his beard trimmed to a certain length. Right, for practicality purposes yeah. in winter. Long enough for insulation and short enough so what's his ice wouldn't form, I believe? Yeah, that's right. Short enough, yeah. <laughs> long enough to be a little insulating, but not long enough to uh, allow icicles. So... <laughs> Which... It's just from, oh, here's my daily worry of the day. <laughs> right. Icicles forming. But he he lived outside of, he was, I would get, I, how do, I'm not sure how to put this. He, he breaks into cabins every now and then and he steals things, including, as the article makes clear, things like spare watches. Right. Because telling time become became very important. Yeah, three different watches. And three, no, three different thermometers. Right. Telling time and temperature became very important to him and, and knowing where he was seasonally though he couldn't have told you the year without thinking hard about it at any given point. Right. Uh, so he lived outside of these technological changes that we've all lived inside of for the past 30 years. And I mean, he, I'm sure he was sort of aware that certain things were changing. Mm-hmm. Probably there was a point at which uh, motion activated security systems or cameras started right. to become more prevalent on right. these places he's trying to break into. It harder. Yeah. Uh, and he would no doubt see things inside some of these cabins that, you know, they're changing over time. But I think unless you kind of live in that world of objects day to day and, you right. know, suddenly... We, we, what we you don't just, see. Right. We just accept that, yeah, everybody carries around a piece of, piece of electronic glass in their pockets now. Right. I, him being dropped into that world after a 27-year yeah. absence is such an interesting kind of experiment. Like, well, it's also different too from, you know, you hear a lot of this with prisoners coming out 
of jail yeah. uh, uh, after they do their sentence coming back. And, but they were also in a, com- you know, like it or not, they're in a community moving to a different community. And he was by himself. Right. Yeah. And, and it, that is, there is a, a, I think, fundamental difference there. So he clearly had no real interest in talking to people about right. himself, about what his life, what he did. He did talk to this one journalist who wrote an article for GQ and then turned that into a book and then published this kind of recast version of that GR- GQ article, slightly longer version, uh, with the that, you, that you're tweeting around, uh, right. the New Zealand Herald. Um, and I couldn't tell if it had been published somewhere else before. It I, seemed like a strange thing that... Yeah, it sort of popped up. But this would have popped up in the New Zealand. It just takes a while for it to get down to New Zealand. Yeah, it sort of has to go on the slow boat. But um, I'm I'm just I'm at least glad that one person got to him because I have so many questions. And again, it's it's a fascinating experiment, but also it is fundamentally attractive to me in some way. I know that I couldn't actually do it, nor do I. But the notion of having this sort of separate, yeah life i mean any of us who i think who have felt who've ever felt like just don't i don't belong here mm-hmm. or i don't I, I, i'm i'm exhausted by navigating the social world the professional world right. which happens i think to a lot of people at times just sometimes you just want to go live in the woods for a while right. most of us do that for like a long weekend in yosemite Right. This guy did it for 27 years in the woods in Maine. Uh, the book is out next week, according to that MC. I think it's called, what, The Last Hermit? Uh, I think so, yeah. Or The Last True Hermit or something like that. Let's see this link. Let's read this open link oh, on yeah. Twitter. The web is working. Yay. Hey. Um, oh, The Stranger in the Woods. The Extraordinary Story of the Last True Hermit by Michael Finkel. Right. Michael Finkel wrote another book. I think it came out in the early 2000s. Um, there, and I, I'm going to botch this, but there was a guy suspected of killing three people in in the United States who was a fugitive, uh-huh. wound up in Mexico, was caught down there, and Michael Finkel was writing, I think, for the New York Times at the time. And it turns out that this this killer had assumed a new identity in Mexico, and that identity was Ooh. Michael Finkel, what writer for the New York Times. What? Yeah. Holy shit! So Finkel's got another book called True Story about about that. Wow. Yeah. Um, so another very appropriate quote from mm. our friend whose name I can't remember. The Hermit. The Hermit. Christopher Knight. Christopher Knight. Very. This is. It was beautifully appropriate, actually. You're using your computers, your thousand dollar machines, to listen to the radio. <laughs> yeah. Hi, everybody. Hey. How's that feel? Hey, <laughs> just you—that's—that's uh, that's what a hermit thinks of what you're doing right now. I mean, we're not listening to it on the computer. Thank God, we're actually—you know—we're staying true. We're yeah, we're using our thousand-dollar machines to make mouth sounds, <laughs> um, which is so much better oh, yeah. to be the producers of the mouth sounds instead uh, of the, the consumers. <laughs> but um, well, speaking of listening to, to music on thousand-dollar hey. machines, should we, should we play some more? I think that's an excellent segue. Okay, nicely good. done. High five. Yeah, that was, that was pretty weak sauce. Well, we got but their microphones in the way. There's an angle. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. They couldn't see that, but nobody knew. Nobody would have. Everybody would have thought that that was a perfect uh, and manly radio. high five. Truth and radio. Anyway, uh, um, some more some more dad music. Cool. Well, kind of. I mean, I did earlier mention um, 
that I'm looking forward to preparing various lectures mm-hmm. for my daughter about uh, important musical groups and and you know, like the the Beach Boys. There's there's a lot to be said about their evolution, the role they played in the development of of pop music in the in the 60s, and of course a big part of that will be will be Pet Sounds. Right. So I've got Very a song good. off Pet Sounds. Nice. And then. I think we're going to have to spend, my daughter and I are going to have to spend a little extra time talking about the problem of Dennis Wilson. What's this? Sorry. Well, so so Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys. Oh, right, right, right. Um, who, okay. Well, he, he like, had his, is that a basketball player? No, no, I will not be teaching my daughter about sports. Uh, no. um, he, he was a, a difficult figure. He um, had some addictions, uh, was, was not kind to himself. I think he was... 39 when he died in, in 1983 he ended up at the time of his death mm-hmm. he was married well married to but separated from his third wife who was his the child of his first cousin and bandmate mike love oh, okay. they had a child together was born when she was 17 what oh. yeah um okay it, it's it's a there's a rough story there but also he did put out a, a solo album uh called pacific ocean blue in the uh-huh. mid 70s that's okay. really good so <laughs> yeah, anyway uh, you'll be hearing uh the title track okay. from that um and of course we're gonna have to spend probably a good half day my daughter and i uh-huh. um, talking about big star right and okay. playing her various selections okay. from their uh from their records and so i've put one of those on there that is actually appropriate to this playlist because i i made this playlist with with my daughter beside me most right, of the time or right. on my lap mm-hmm. and so i've chosen a song that well everybody will see what that song is okay. in about 10 minutes so cool. if you're ready i'll just uh hit the play uh, we are ready let's hit play okay be back in a few minutes everybody
And we're back. The burrito has been finished. Repeat, the burrito has been consumed. So we can all breathe a sigh of relief. Yes, our pastoral breath is here. <laughs> Hi, Brock. Hi, burrito <laughs> slash breath. Um, <laughs> I, uh, that that I threw an extra song on the end of that little set. Uh, only a Fool Would Say That by Steely Dan. Steely Dan, of course, being dad music through and through these days. Uh-huh. I, I should say, by the way, all of these... Um, I'm sort of half joking about lecturing my daughter about music that is important and that to me and that I like. I assume that however much of that I do, oh yeah, she you will then go off and listen to whatever. And again, I, you presume that you're not going to control it. And it's once your kid gets into once you once your small human gets into an education system, yeah. and is around other small humans and other people, then I, like I'm shocked, 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 shocked at. Never mind Takeda, who's now in grade three and eight. What? Mm-hmm. Um, but even in kindergarten, they grow like she, up too fast. They do, they do. But she came home in kindergarten, like just knowing about all this, like what I will call pop music, the stuff that I like, I'm vaguely familiar with, and I'm like, how do you know in lyrics? Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. And then you know, Burrito Sore and Papusa Labor, the same. Now they're just totally. They know Katy Perry. They know it's like, what? How do you? How? Why? Because I'm not playing this a whole lot. You know, I'm like, right. I don't not play it. Uh, I will admit to when um, um, when um, Dikita discovered that you could make um, channels on uh, not Spotify but on uh, Rhapsody mm-hmm. and the theme, so she discovered this and it's like, oh, dad, dad, make me a Katy Perry one, right? And I was like, okay, I did. Um, what she doesn't know is that I seeded it because it's like play you know stuff similar to this artist, so I put in Katy Perry. And then I also added Arcade Fire, <laughs> just to have you know a little sanity-inducing measure, <laughs> or sanity-inducing, not insanity-reducing measure right. on that. So uh, one day she'll find that out. And but that's the thing. I mean, then the stuff that you get up there and get familiar, like she won't not listen to that. She won't mind having it on, right? But she'll also want her things too, which is a, bit, a healthy balance, I think. Uh, I, well, not I, I control, think... not totally controlling and dominating the spirit uh, of your an environment of your child. I also assume that when she turns thirteen. Everything that I do, everything that I like, will become anathema. Uh, so I go into this. I, so I go into a lot of things in life, mm-hmm. assuming the worst. And then when things are like ninety nine percent the worst, but one percent not, I get to be pleasantly surprised. Right. So I assume that uh, when she becomes a teenager, 
it just all yeah. bets are off. I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic, and you know, obviously, you know, they're going to need their room and their space, but hopefully, they still continue to you know love and respect their parents to some degree. You know, that's not all I'm asking for. Sure. I mean, I yeah, well, to some degree, they're going to need their space. I mean, it's a small house we have. So. <laughs> the most exciting thing that has that I have done yes in the past few months. What's that? Is clean out and reorganize our basement. Oh, exciting. Which is an unfinished like dirt Never floor, ends. but Oh, uh, I think. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that too. Hey, that too. Hey. Uh, that's two entendres for the price of one. It, the, it's a dirt floor sort of crawl space, but it's six feet tall. So and it right. runs the entire footprint of our house, which is a lot hey, of storage. That's a lot of storage. And the problem is, up? it's a lot of storage, and so you can just throw do junk you piles in there of stuff, and never... or do you have shelves. Oh well, we have uh, a lot of things um, in big, big bins, right? Up on uh, shipping pallets to keep them off the dirt. I have okay. some shelving. Okay. I've got all kinds of systems down there, but there were no systems before. That's, right. It's all been system. I have some good now. metal shelving recommendations from Costco. Oh, thank just, you. I yeah. will take. I'll, I'll I'll take my answer off the air. Okay. But um, the uh, the whole time I was doing it, I, I you had dug this thought, down and you got another floor below it. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 there's another layer of Troy. And that's there's your man Troy. cave down there. No, where I you was thinking withdraw that at, at some society. point, at some point, the child is going to discover under the house, <laughs> and it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, gonna be this adventure. Yeah, I. I, I oh my god, no. my kids love going. So we have a garage and yeah. then upper. You've been to my house. There's a garage for those who haven't been to the the uh, burrito <laughs> mansion, um, um, the burrito gift lab. Um, there's you know typical San Francisco garage on the bottom, and then the living area is up above the garage and the house. The kids love going down to the garage. They love it. I'm like, don't go down this and that. Because, you know, we have some fairly steep stairs. and stuff, But they're now four and like these don't listen to me already, which is awesome. And they love going down there. And so funny. Cause it's, it is really cute. Because I'll be like, I'll get home. I'll open up the garage. And I'll be putting my bike up. And the burrito sore will like, he'll come running down. And he'll have his like, jammies on. It's like, hey, Dad. That's right, home. <laughs> which is pretty cool. That was how I felt about our attic. Uh-huh. We didn't have a, a basement. We had a, a a garage that we actually parked cars in, right. and but we didn't have a basement. We had a, we had an attic with like the pull down ladder and the whole deal. Right. When I was a little kid, that was how I felt about the attic. It was like a real treat. It was a to special up there, mysterious, borderline mysterious space. Yeah, and there was all this old stuff, like old books and things right. that my to parents explore. had shoved a place up to there. Explore. Yeah, and now you know I. The basement, I'm happy it's organized, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have that feel fascination. But at some point, my child will develop that, I realized. Yeah. And, yeah. and then I, I assume when she's a teenager, she'll just... Being an adult ruins that kind of thing. Yeah, this it is does. just logistics and work. It ruins a lot of things. Like all the shit in my garage that I have to go clean up. I'm like, yeah, oh, I just right. don't want to do that. But, um, boxes and boxes, which are more organized, but it's just like, oh, how do you collect so much stuff? It's amazing. Yeah, I kind of I thought at some point about you know just setting the house on fire and starting over. Yeah. Was that out loud? Um, (laughs) Yeah. I assumed that I should just make a small room down there for my daughter because when she becomes a teenager, she'll just want to go away. Right. Right. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, So now. Oh, somebody, where's the consulate and how do I get a passport for the burrito flag? Ah. Very nice. Um, I think it's more of a state of being than an actual, you know, delineated border. Exactly. Um, So uh, you. uh, we ran out of things to say, but given that you <laughs> no, and I... No, we didn't. We ran out of organized topics to correct, talk about. Correct, But you and I, be, both being you know, borderline professional word-making people, have ideas and semi-coherent ones. Oh, I used to make things. I yeah. used to make words. Yeah. And yeah. then I stopped. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll make words again. You will. You will. I have faith in your, your ability. 
You make the words, I'll make them happen. Mm-hmm. Fist bump. Um, so we're talking about movies, kids' movies, movies that you want. No, not kids' movies. That's right. But movies you want your kids to see. That's an important distinction. Kids' and movies that may involve that may include some kids' movies, movies. That, that that your child will be associated and involved with. Um, and so, uh, one thing I've discussed this before many times. Um, so with, with, um, both, uh, Bredosaur and Papusa Libra, they're in there now, but with, uh, the same agent earlier with, um, with Takeda, um, Star Wars. Mm. And the fascinating thing is you look at Star Wars, you know, like I basically hadn't seen it for probably 10, 15 years. And then, um, I was shocked by how culturally present it still is. And this is even before, um, New Hope even the talk about it. Um, and it was like, so I knew it was there, but I also, you know, I had one very, um, strong objective was to make sure that Takeda knew that episode four was the first movie Mm. that was very important. Um, but I also realized that, um, I had this pre inkling premonition that like once kids get together and they start talking about it, one, two, and three are sadly popular with kids because they were made for apparently infants. Because kids have terrible taste. Yes, (laughs) they do. So I made sure that. You know, she knew that, but I also wanted to get that down before she started school of any like actual school school. Um, so that was good. So she watched it when she was about four and a half. Um, and I sort of, you know, and they're just the, basically did zip through the choking scenes. Yeah. I mean, that was the two things. Um, uh, but other than that, it's like, okay. Other than, you know, several hundred million people getting killed in the Death Star. You know, <laughs> let's just ignore that. But yeah. um, anyway, uh, there's that. What happens when they die? Oh, they go to the force. Yeah, it's um, fine. It's fine. The they went to go play. live on a on a moisture farm. Exactly. They were the moisture that they're capturing. <laughs> um, so anyway, I told it to her as a story in the car. Ah. And then we played the soundtrack. And she's like, oh, what is, what's happening here? And then we watched the movie. And then afterwards, she's like, just totally. And my dad is down, too. So we all watched it together. And she's totally, you know, and she knew the story. But afterwards, she said, it wasn't right away. It was about like about a year after. It's like, Dad, remember when we watched Star Wars? It's like, yeah. You know what's funny? Is I thought they were all sailing ships, not spaceships. Oh, wow. And so she's kind of visualizing sort of pirate kind of thing. And it's like, wow. Okay, that's, that's She'd fascinating. She the gaps. In that's fascinating. Unexpected way, yeah. Huh. And she, she was all nervous that I would get mad. It's like, oh, that's it's like that's awesome. Anyway, yeah. so there's that. So that was one thing, and so now I'm getting to the point where Burrito Sora and Papusa Libre, they're very like they are consumed with they're obsessed with Star Wars. They haven't seen it yet, and I got to figure out when I'm going to do that. But they they're, are like, so they're obsessed with a, a, mo- a set of movies that they have not seen, have not seen. But it is amazing how culturally present it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's, and this is also. I mean, I think part of it was Clone Wars and stuff like. That. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a franchise. Yeah. They've done a lot to keep it alive, but, um, so for uh, Takeda's first. Halloween at school, um, probably about half her class dressed up as Star Wars figures. Wow. Wow. People. She was Leia, obviously. Right? Mm. Um, guess what the most popular costume was? When was this? Give me a second. This was uh, 2013. 2014. 2013. Yeah, 2013. The most popular costume. Darth Vader. Nope. Okay. Who? Boba Fett. Ah. By far. Half wow. the kids dressed up as Boba Fett. Huh. I was like, wow. Yeah. Anyway, it was kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. I mean, I, uh, some of that, like you, you, it's a, we have, I think, a sense that our kids should be fluent in the culture. Mm-hmm. 
And so you want them to know what these things are. Well, Some like of that you don't it, have to do that on your right. own. They'll get it. They'll get it on their own, but also, you know, sort of saying, hey, here are some things that have special import or meaning and just sort of put that at the top of the queue and they're going to find this other stuff out themselves. I mean, look at the crap TV we watched in the 70s and 80s, right? That was, like it or not, formative. Yeah, right. And, (laughs) but there are some things where basically you kind of sneak a few things in there and actually sort of just, and it's more, you know sort of your job as parents is sort of exposing your kids to what's possible. Now, what, what, what exists, things that they just want to find on their own. What age do you think is appropriate for, with a kid, for starting The Wire? Mm, I'd say maybe five and a half because then you get an interplay with school and the dynamics. And oh, that's right. Dynamics, yeah, yeah, you want them to, so you yeah. want a kindergarten, maybe first grade, just so you get a little bit more of the politics. I okay. Think. That, that's, right. that's where I go. And is there like a... No, it's SD. It's not HD, so that could be a problem. Uh, yeah, it may be below the child's standards yeah. by the time. But I wonder if there's like a like, you know, parent's Blu-ray? guide to the wire, like a kind of teacher's teacher's handbook. Um, in all seriousness, um, something, uh, what's it called? It's called, um, I use this all the time. Um, it's a group and they have a great app. It's called uh, Kids Media. It's mm. called uh, Common Sense Media. Oh, yeah. I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they're really good app and they really get like age appropriate kind of things and actually very lovely written and things like that. So it's really actually quite useful. I don't know if the wire is in there. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's a good it is a good filter for like, you know, and it's like in some of the you know, some of these cartoons are violent. But right now, so uh, Takeda has totally gotten into like obsessed with Greek mythology, mm. like just, and so there are all these great books that basically they've taken the whole Greek pantheon, pantheon, pantheon. thank you, so of course one, um, and then turned it into these books where basically it's kids in high school who happen oh, to be yeah. Greek gods, and it actually doesn't suck. It's really well written. So one day she came home talking about all this stuff, and then like she you know didn't have know how to pronounce all the Greek names, obviously you know. And so it's correct. And she says, oh, you know about this? <laughs> and it was funny. I mean, it's like it's such an innocent question. But yeah. It's like, yeah, but this is, you know, it's only the basis of Western culture for a lot of things and the yeah. stories and things like that. Um, anyway, so, so she's totally into it to the point where she's like, you know what I want to do for Halloween? It's like, I want to be, what did she say? Um, a, a walking Greek mythology encyclopedia. <laughs> she wanted to dress up and it's like, Helen of Troy was, but Apollo would do it. Oh man, no, that's she great. You she can, knows you can more. Set her up like a like a like yeah, a, yeah. a science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I am a you know I am a Greek mythology computer. Please ask me a question, and she could actually <laughs> she can answer any almost any question. But it's, it's kind of crazy. Great uh, to the point where she's like learning the Greek alphabet, so she makes stuff down. It's like wow. I had that. So that phase yeah. for me was when I was in seventh grade. Right. She's she's ahead of me. Yeah. Uh, but I had that face where I just uh, wanted to consume all of yeah. that information. Yeah. It's fascinating to watch her dive in. You know, and it's just, it's just, and it's hers. Yeah. It's not something, oh, hey, go learn this. And this is, you know, and I'm quite happy she's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are these things where basically, yeah, they kind of just dive in and, and, and live it. And then, yeah. oh, anyway, the main reason I brought that up is like, I'm all worried about like violence and that. So like we've been, I've been reading her, um, a, uh, I can't remember the name of the author, but um, this author made a bunch of, um, kids versions of Odysseus and Iliad and things like that. And they're basically books and they're, you know, like, it's like, dad, let's read the Iliad. It's like, honey. <laughs> yeah. Right? But this thing is like, you know, like sort of the, the really more like, you know, 
storytelling, but it's good and it's it's classic, but it's also not you know dry. And so um, I, I'll look up the the name of the author here. Anyway, we've been reading a couple of pages of that at night, and you know, talk about violence, <laughs> yeah. you know. And it's like, okay, well, and it's funny because it's you know, like, okay, what worrying about you know your kids and being exposed to violence and this and that, and you're also like, well, you know, Greek mythology is not exactly this passive regime. Uh, some of those stories are, are rated MA. Yeah. Um, like uh, Leda and the and the Swan. So so Zeus comes down and he takes the form of a swan and he does what exactly now? <laughs> gonna, uh, don't yeah. worry about that. Honey. There's definitely some um, yeah some uh, context there. Yeah. And um, let's see. So I think that that kind of uh, <laughs> cultural canon. Yeah, I mean, some of it they'll get in school and and you you know you'll get a kid every now and then who just plugs into it in some deep way like your daughter and and eats it up but it, just as as the basis for so many other oh, yeah. things oh and then I her figuring like, out like you know like muse music chorus greek chorus chorus like, she's like whoa oh yeah you know and, and sort of unlocking all this other stuff yeah. in the world i feel like that about um about the bible I don't actually anticipate raising my child in a way that the Bible is an important "quote unquote" religious text in uh, our house, but but it being something, knowing it, what it is, is this uh, foundational text for so many other things that came after? Yeah, and it's the source of, well, in particular, the King James version is it's, it's the source of so many figures of speech, just aphorisms, these things that are kind of out in the world. At least I, th- I mean, I grew up in the Bible Belt, and so that's right. colored my speech, but uh, maybe less so where I live now, but I still feel like that's important and I right. want to find a way, whether that happens in the educational system or not, to to expose the the kid to that to the extent right. that she, you know, will, will take that up. I, I you know, you can't it pass certainly past a certain age, you can't, can't like force a child to consume culture. No, no, no. But I think the best you can do is expose yeah. them to it. Um and I'm such a I'm such a um attention challenged dilettante that i'm sorry were you saying something? yeah yeah that <laughs> that it's like perfect for me just to be able to say and now we're going to look at this and now we're going to look at this yeah um so for those of you out there so the book series that uh Takeda's is reading now like basically chapter novel books is mm-hmm. uh, percy jackson oh yeah yeah i've heard they stayed i think Which they i never heard about adapted I no one into a movie yeah. they were hoping they'd make a franchise out of it and it didn't it didn't um take. and then the uh, Dolaire's Book of Greek Myths, which mm-hmm. is a classic, um, which has been around for far longer than I, I heard of that. And then I can't find the freaking Well, for, for me, in seventh grade, it was finding, my, my way in was finding uh, an old copy. There was a, a chest uh-huh. in one of the barns on my grandfather's farm. Oh, wow. Okay. And <laughs> it, one, the chest had all these books from when my uncle, the youngest of those four kids that included my father, right. when he had gone to college uh-huh. and included in textbooks from trigonometry classes or whatever but somewhere in there was a copy of edith hamilton's mythology which is sort of this uh-huh. um kind of drier more but but quite complete uh recounting of right. a lot of greek mythology greek slash roman and some norse stuff and other things too and i found that and just ate it up and uh, those, those things that you accidentally find, too, are kind of amazing. Yeah. You know, as kids. Yeah. Um, Goddess Girls is the other series of Greek books. It's bad. Yeah. That's the ones that they're in high school. And it's pretty, actually, funny. Um, 
No, not that I've been stealing my daughter's books, but they're you know reading all with her. No, you don't they're steal actually them. You just borrow them. Yeah. Anyway, they all belong I bought to you the damn anyway. Things. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's oh, I can't find this other. Is this it? Hold on a second. Um, yeah. So that discovery and that it's not Hugh Lipton. That's a different one. Um, well, one of the things that I do want to add to the list yeah. here, uh, going back to movies. Uh, most of um, Miao Hayazaki's uh, stuff, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's they, the stories. If you boil them down, they can be yeah. very simple stories. But the the presentation is so imaginative, and they take such sometimes such very strange turns and have a tone to them that is not mm-hmm. Disney. Right, right. Um, they're definitely Japanese. No, and that's what I like. Yeah, that they're different. Um, so those are, I mean, those are on the list for me of things that I kind of want to say. Why don't we watch this? Yeah. If the, you know, if, if well, just have this other on. Yeah, yeah. If if no one else brings it up first. Yeah. So what are you looking up there? Uh, I'm just trying to find something else. This this author's name. Oh, I can't remember. I should just look at the damn book that I bought on Amazon list. But anyway. <laughs> well, I, I think <clears throat> we can maybe take another quick break here. Yeah. I'll come back and we, I think we have one more thing that we definitely wanted to talk yeah. about before we. Yep. Uh, stop inflicting ourselves on other people <laughs> um, for for this week. Uh, so I've got a, a few more um, pieces of music uh-huh. picked here, uh, picked out here. You know, we t- we were talking. Uh, I just mentioned uh, Hayazaki movies, Hayazaki uh-huh. movies, and of course, one of them, my neighbor Totoro. Is, yeah, is... Well, I have the song for that right here. Oh, it's good. Okay. Here. Go ahead. Well, I'm working on it. One second. Oh, you have to hit the button. Turns it on. Oh, that also works, doesn't it? Hey, watch this. Hey, here's humor for you. Oh, here we go. Yeah, here's the uh, here's the theme for uh, Totoro. Oh, I can see the cat bus now. It really brings back so many memories. Kind of on the wire. Wait a second. Yeah. Oh, you said Totoro. My neighbor Toto is a different movie entirely. <laughs> Not for children. <laughs> Not even really for adults. <laughs> you, you, look, I Welcome got to, to do, dad humor. Yeah, exactly. Dad. I got to I, do, I, I get that a lot. Yeah, dad. Dad. I got to do Cassie Cradle. You got to do Toto. Yeah. <laughs> we amused ourselves and absolutely no one else with that. I, okay, but I am going to play a little music here. Right. And uh, we'll come back in a few minutes and talk at you some more. Be back in a bit, everybody.
Yeah, we are. Baby, we're back. So, oh. beginning of that set, that was that was the theme, maybe the ending theme uh, from My Neighbor Totoro, which I've actually played mm-hmm. on a BFF.fm show before. That's why it was in the <laughs> database. After that was... Um, Thank you, Brock, for helping me fill out the playlist, oh, sure. by the way. That's actually a tremendous help for BFF.fm in general and me specifically, yeah. because... Boy, that doing that during the show is fun. Yeah, I know it's it's uh, yeah. a special. You came prepared, which experience. is why I'm happy to have you as a guest. Yeah, sure. It's uh, label. Which label? Oh god, the label. No. It's a special experience to try to do that while you're talking to oh, someone. Yeah. 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 Excuse me. Uh, after that was Zombie Land by T Bone Burnett, uh, which is, I think is going to be some of that music that my daughter is like, Dad, really? Again? <laughs> Listen, child, you need to understand the important role that T-Bone Burnett has played in setting music to various important movies. Do you remember The Big Lebowski? We watched it again last week. He was responsible for the music in that. I, yes, Dad, I know. I, I'm gonna, I, I anticipate that. And then finally, that, that was Cry Baby Cry by the Beatles, right. in case anyone needed that Reminding clarified for them. Of that. Uh, so we have about uh, nine minutes. Left. About nine minutes. Um, so, um, Uber, boy, that was a shocker. <laughs> so yeah. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, this, the past week or so has not been kind to everyone's favorite, uh, ride hailing app company with the fascist esque name. <laughs> um, and in my opinion, could not happen to a better bunch of rapacious hypercapitalists. Yep. I, I, I 
as is the fashion among certain people, mm-hmm. I, I uh, proudly loathe Uber. Yep. And I don't hold necessarily Lyft or anyone else up as uh, right. paragons of virtue. Uh, but Uber seems to have been doing this. Especially misogynistic and racist and, well, and dysfunctional. Yeah. And even before. Lord of the Flies. <laughs> yeah. Sucks to your ass mar. <laughs> Was the last time you read Lord of the Flies? Yeah. It's in there. Oh. Wow. Um, it's a pronunciation of asthma. I, I, anyway, I, I, I. Uh, so <laughs> even even if you we'd never found out about horrible personnel practices and sexual right. harassment, etc., right. um, even if we not assumed that that sort of thing was happening inside the company, their public conduct mm-hmm. over the past several many several years now yes. has has the guiding principle seems to be. Uh, screw your rules. Right. We're going to do whatever we want to do, and the world can adjust around us. Yeah. And sometimes the world has adjusted around them, and sometimes they have... They pushed back against them. Yes. And sometimes they've taken their self-driving cars and and gone home. Right. Slash to Nevada. Um, but their, again, their operating principle seems to be, screw you guys, screw your rules, we're going to do what we want to do, and um, I hate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I, I pushing envelopes one thing, basically just going and disregarding the entire system. Yeah, and there, um, the the I I know that the kind of on demand economy, whatever you want to call it, is bigger than one company. It's mm-hmm. bigger than kind of one sector within ride hailing. But to the extent that that Uber has become, yeah, almost almost as an old joke now. A tired joke. It's Uber four X. To the extent that Uber has become the symbol of right. that economy, they are um, helping to usher in uh, a, a worse world for for workers. Right. So for a lot of reasons, not a fan, and it couldn't help but you know doing a tiny little gleeful clap every time a new right. piece of bad news for them came out right. over the past week or week and a half. Um, I wouldn't say that any of it is particularly surprising if you are as cynical as I am. Right. Um, but it, that doesn't mean that it isn't important for stuff to become public. Right. And so, it's it's the culture that's set within the company, never mind what they're doing outside the yeah. company. It's sort of the two for two special, right? right? Not that you really generally have evil companies doing good things, but you know you do see one begetting the other. And... It just seemed to be, and just the the lying, you know, just the 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 culture where you know has you know the sound like quite literally this Lord of the Flies kind of thing going on with management and people trying to get people's jobs and using and abusing people, but then HR just lying to people, right? Yeah. And then that's the kind of thing where there's you know the the rare occasion where you have HR trying to help you, you know, and the much more common uh, occasion of HR protecting the company from yeah. its employees, yeah, right. And that's horribly fascinating. Uh, there was, for people who haven't read it, there was a long article by Ryan Felton on Jalopnik, headlined "Uber is doomed." Right. Um, laying out that what he, I, I think, what Ryan Felton believes is a, is a is a dead case for why the company will not survive. Um, and I don't know. I'm not an expert yeah. on any of this. I might have some questions or quibbles with some of his points, but uh, I think there's a lot of evidence there that um, the, the whole model of Uber and companies right. like it is not long for this world. Uh, and that their, their bet 
on autonomous vehicles is not going to be the thing that gets them out of it. Right. And, you know, great. Uh, with any luck, sure, they'll crash out. The problem is a lot of collateral damage yeah. will be done along the way. has already been done. Well, the thing, too, is, like, you know, the, you know, the amount of money they're losing the, and the irony that their sort of return rate is basically sort of the same as, like, Fairbox return rate on public transportation. Yeah, yeah. Fairly, For a, like a middling public yeah. transit system. <laughs> That's fairly ironic. Yeah. You know, and it's it's like, okay. It's like, yeah, we want this large vehicle goes around and picks up people. It's like, you mean like a bus? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And also, I mean, this is tired too, but it's like, like you know, nobody loved cabs, you know, and the, and the, and the one hand, like, hey, we got this thing that can actually pick us up and take us places. But now I hear, you know, a lot of times where, you know, places where like, hey, you're in the outer sunset. It's like, well, try getting an Uber in outer sunset in, you know, on, on a Saturday night. I can count on, well, I guess, two hands, the number of times I've used Lyft. The majority of those cases have been attempting to go from my house to an airport or something like that. Right. You can't get a cab in my right. neighborhood. Right. You, right. Even if you call them, they'll say they're coming and then never show right. up. Right. right. And so from that point, at least knew they're coming, which was an improvement. But also it's like just to do that kind of improvement in such an evil way. But also the other thing, um, I had a um, – actually had a cab driver on the show mm-hmm. a while back. Yeah. And it was just fascinating to see the insight where basically the – you know, the cab companies, there's the cab drivers versus the cab companies. The cab drivers rent the car out from the cab company because mm-hmm. they have the medallions. And he was saying, you know, the cab owners, the cab companies have zero incentive to change the system because they're getting paid because yeah. somebody's renting the cab. The level of service, that doesn't matter to mm-hmm. them. So you can kind of see how that grew into a dysfunctional system. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And and I I can look at that system as a user, as an attempted user, and say, okay, this is broken. Yep. And I can look at Uber in particular, but the sort of app-based ride-hailing mm-hmm. world in general, and say, and that is not exactly how I would choose to solve this broken right. system. The hail-on-demand thing is good. The rest of it just was, you know, fairly horrible, both yeah. outside and inside the company. Yeah. So, and I can't, I know I don't want to gloat, you know, because I think all large companies have their issues, mm-hmm. but it's also like, you know, the, 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 it, again, not surprising. Nothing I've heard from that end is yeah. surprising. And it's interesting where, you know, like where people and engineers and job hopping and who and where they go, who they work for and where they go, you know, it will be interesting to see if they can, they can recover. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what even recovery would look like. But yeah. uh, anyway, I, I kind of hope that old Ryan Felton over at Jalopnik is right and that Uber is doomed. And, and more to the point, though, I hope that whatever comes next is better for yeah. you know human beings. For society in general. Okay, yeah. well, Brock, thank you very of much course, for coming on. thank you for on. having me. It was a delight. Always, as always, let me know when. And thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah, we're going to play out on another uh, kid's song that's actually bearable. Uh, here comes science. Science is real. Radio's real. Radio's real.